and welcome fellow lovers of love on another excursion through a stream of consciousness towards everlasting love. If I keep screwing up the other way, I will then change it. That's <laughs> Works for me. Works for me. <laughs> so we'll just change it. So good evening, all of you out there in in uh, uh, Love Land or whatever we want to describe it today. Oh, wait, let's change our background. We'll do that tonight. It's it's a Hawaii vibe feeling kind of a night, don't you think? I'm down. It's kind of relaxing. Well, we've got heavy issues, and so if you're gonna have heavy issues, you should be relaxed and able to deal with it. There's heavy issues on the table tonight. It's been a long week here in the in the studio. You've been very busy. We actually have something reminiscent of a studio now. Yes. Kind of. Nice desk. I finally got an actual desk instead of just a piece of wood put across a couple things, so that's nice. Um, let's see what else we've got. We created a space for your painting to do some painting over there. Yes, the I've been doing some paintings with watercolors. Yes, my creative side. Of course, now the outer office is a mess, but you'll get to it. But it's not as bad as it actually looks. It's just disorganized. Is really all it is. Yeah, I've just been busy. I had to get this spot done because we had to be ready for. Time. <laughs> I've got to be ready for tonight and then I've got the TV show Monday so we only have so much time to get this done so anyway that's kind of our story for the week we've been busy yes I got to see my sister and my nephew after a year so that's nice reasons weren't very yeah. the reasons weren't very pleasant she was coming down to visit her grandchildren. Oh, she wasn't coming down because of the the death in the family? No. No. Okay. So it was a pre-planned one? Yes. So the timing was just timing? Yes. So no one tells me these things. I just drop you off and pick you up. Drop you off and pick you up. On occasion, I don't have to go pick you back up. <laughs> That's how these things happen. So, let's see what we have on our agenda tonight. So, what do we want to start with? We've got family comparing mental illness. I actually think... Well, I would like to start with something positive. Seven actually helpful things to say to someone struggling with mental illness. Do you want to start with that, or do, you, do we want to kind of end this the section, this mental illness section with that, kind of end with the positive? Okay, good idea. Where do you want to you know, start? As you can tell, we didn't get a chance to. I was still busy this week, and we didn't get it this week. I we did. I did get research research done, but I didn't get a chance to sit there and discuss how we were going to approach it. <laughs> so let's start with this: when your family compares your mental illness, because this is something that I think is an issue we all struggle with, and we'll kind of delve our way deeper into it and then work our way out. Now the article we've we've and we've linked the article in the descriptions so you can you can follow us along in the descriptions. There's a I think mental health for the mighty was a major 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 source this week. So <coughs> excuse me. So the mighty. Yeah, the mighty. Yes. So it's very common for people to try to relate in some way. Now, in this particular experience, it was kind of done in, in a negative way. Someone was having mental Ill illness issues and then saying, well, your mother had it worse. Well, maybe so, but that doesn't 
downplay that, that doesn't negate their pain yes or their issues or their troubles through life yeah thankfully their mother had it worse but you know it were in a sense i'm thankfully not as bad they don't i'm not as bad as my mother as off, off but you know i had to deal with my mother being that way you know it's you know that creates its own trauma and it's that's the part that people don't seem to we don't seem to understand that people having to deal with mental illnesses and parents who have mental illnesses can lead to your own. You know, post-traumatic stress, anxiety disorders, obsessive compulsive disorders, all those can come from, you know, trauma of having to deal with, you know, parents with mental health issues. Or maybe not mental health issues, even physical health issues. If you're a child who ends up with a, a large caretaking role for a, a sick parent long before your years. You know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, the end of the, um, you know, you get into adulthood, you start going out on your own. And next thing you know, you've got your own issues to deal with. You've developed your own idiosyncrasies. And we don't think about that. And there is two different, there's two kinds. There's people who are trying their best to relate. And the only way they know how to relate is to relate somebody else's experience because they don't have the experience themselves. And that's one way. And, and then you got the other people who are saying, well, quit complaining because somebody else has it worse. So those are actually two different things. And we need, we need to be careful that we don't treat them the same way. Okay. Because someone who's just trying to relate the best way they can, the best way they know how, and they can't comprehend in their mind. Right, right. They don't have any first, you know, the only the best experience they have is they know somebody who's dealt with it. That's the best experience they have. And so they're trying to wrap their head around it. And that's the only thing they have to grab onto. That's the only thing they have to relate. You can actually use that as a way to get them into the conversation, to have the conversations, to explain to them about how well... Even something like anxiety disorder manifests itself in hundreds of different ways, depending upon people, places, experiences, you know, it all gets into the mix and all comes out in ways that can't be defined easily. And if you haven't gone through it, you don't know. Just like if you have a lifelong anxiety disorder, you don't know you have an anxiety disorder. You don't realize it. You just think the rest of the world deals with stuff better than you do. There's no frame of reference. You don't know what everybody else experiences. You only know yours. And so people are trying their best. Some people are trying their best to relate. And it's just clumsy because it's going to be clumsy. There's no non-clumsy way to really do it. Unless you've got you know, like, you know specific training it's considered its way through it how many people have the time for that i mean they can try their best but an average person you know your your cousin your your grandma your your aunt what's the chances you know show them some of that love and compassion you want and it goes a long way it's really all i'm saying just now the other person who's downplaying your, your journey, telling you to toughen up because somebody else has it worked, tell them to stuff it. There's, there's really no nice way to, to deal with them. But they're not going to notice anyway. So They're so wrapped up in their own world. But yeah, they want you to be who they expect you to be. And if you're not, well, it's your problem. And well, it's the fault is the problem. It's nobody's fault. It just is. You are who you are, for heaven's sakes. Yeah. Well, we like to we like to think normal is being normal, kind of air quotes normal, whatever the hell that means in whatever's head. Right? Because there's no such thing as normal. But there's this thing that being normal has its own 
there's a morality in being normal superiority in being normal you're normal so therefore you're better than everybody else but, well no this means you're like more like everybody else than other people that's really <laughs> and quite frankly there is no normal it drives me crazy the one thing that doesn't exist is an average human being it doesn't exist <laughs> You're an average child. We build all these systems for the average person. It's like the average person doesn't exist. You know, the average family cannot have 2.3 children. It's not freaking possible. So <laughs> the average family doesn't exist. <laughs> an average person doesn't exist. There's far too many. And it's that journey that I, you know, that journey through mental illness is just as unique. Yes. And it's hard for people to relate. And so if someone's actually just struggling to relate, be kind, be compassionate, be that kind of compassionate thing you want. Now, if someone's being, being a jerk, kick them to the curb or, or, or <laughs> well, I can't say that. So <laughs> I was kind of that, that one of those skits we've been watching. It feels like you've been punched in the... Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I can't say that. So, anything you want to add to that thing there? That rant mm -hmm. I just went on? Uh, not, to, not to compare your own struggles with someone else either. Yeah. Well, you dropped off on the thing. Uh -huh. That's okay. Yeah. Because um, yeah, you really did. You do want to be careful to not to compare because you don't know what other people are going through. You don't know if you've had it bad or, bad, you know, worse or better than somebody else. It's hard to tell. Right. Just as people can't tell you, you can't tell other people. And that person who's trying to relate to you, Maybe having their own struggles with mental health so that they're not even aware of. You know, those of us who have, who are dealing with our mental health, who actually are aware of it, who are, know how to cope with it, even as in, inaccurate or as clumsily as we may do, have an advantage over those who are boundering through their life without realizing they actually have mental health issues. Or emotional health issues. I'm actually becoming disliking of the term mental health. We use it to too broad a brush. It covers too much. Okay. Well, because we use it this the, the, to cover someone with a mild anxiety disorder has a mental health issue. As the same thing as a person who has to be locked away for their entire life because they're literally insane. Those are both considered mental health issues. Well, it is a little broad. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you have to continue the discussion and define what you're talking about. Uh, and, I, and I don't think it's fair to those people on this side, on, you know, to the vast majority of people that they get brushed in with those literally insane. And it's not that I'm not compassionate to the people, that are, but I'm trying to be more compassionate to those people who are trying to walk around and manage their way through life. We have to deal with this through mental illness. And when average people hear it, they think of the insane asylum. Yes. And that's a big fear of people who they don't want to, delve into the mental health field because they're afraid that's what's going to happen. Yeah, you're not processing the world correctly. All you really need is, is a little bit of help to help you realize how to, that you're not processing it correctly and how to help you manage your way through that and learn how to, to manage that. That's all you really need. But you're, so, but you're not processing the world properly, so you think that what's, what's going to happen is they're going to send you to, to the insane asylum. They're going to go lock you away in the hospital. Because you shouldn't be out walking the world. 
Or they're going to think you shouldn't be out walking the road. But you're not dangerous to anybody. You're not even dangerous to yourself, except for the fact you, you have breakdowns every three, four years or something. And you have to pick, put your life back together. And so they don't seek help. And they go through their life like that. And sadly, many people are able to get their, go through their life like that. And I think that's sad. Because a little bit of help, just a little, not even help, just some guidance. It's like, hey, yeah, no, 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 not everybody experiences the world the same way. You just have to your own way to process the world, and you just need to to realize that and and develop a strategy to to more properly manage the, the input you get. But it's hard for someone, your spouse, your mother, your relatives, to tell you that you need a professional. A doctor, someone with, you know, experience, knowledge. Training. Yeah. And also knows how to get you to the point where you can hear it. You know, counseling, therapy, whatever you want to call it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an art. It's as much of an art as it is a science. It's because we're all so unique. All right, so we'll move on to our next, uh, our next, which, so that one is done. So I wanted to actually continue on the point. The next article was the, she's got this photo, the, the article, it's again in the mighty, it's just why this photo, which is, shows a picture of two happy girls, young ladies. You know, she denormalized talking about suicide. Now, talking about suicide is difficult. I'm not how sure we normalize talking about it. In a sense, I know what she means, and in a sense, she's right. It's just, I'm not sure how we get there. Because how do we get people who... I'm lucky, despite all my lifetime of anxiety disorders, that's never a struggle I've had to deal with. That's been one of mine. And so it's, I'm not sure how we, you know, but I've, people around me, people I care about have, have had to deal with those, deal with it. And, but I don't know how we normalize that discussion. I'm, I'm sure there's a way. I'm, I just don't know how we do it because it's so uncomfortable. And if you're not somebody who's struggled with it, that's compassionate, open-minded, I can't wrap my head around it. I accept it. I know that it's existence and I know to be aware and I all the things, but I still can't wrap my head around it. I mean, kind of, but <laughs> not really. You know what I mean? Well, you don't think about it. Yeah, it's one of the, if you don't. So why would you? Yeah. Well, because you have people you care about have had to deal with it. Experience it, no, but to. I mean, it, it's not something you experience. So, so how would you have any frame of reference? Yeah. Well, then that's the thing. But if someone like me, who tries very hard and who's had people in their lives who, who's dealt with that issue, and you so you try very hard to understand it and still can't figure out how the hell do I talk with other people like me about it? I don't know. Oh, you can't figure it out. I don't know who can. It's just so, it's, you know, I'm willing to talk about anything. So we can sit here and we can have a discussion about suicide. But I don't know what brings people to that point. I know it can bring people to despair. I know it can bring people to say, oh, I'll just keep driving past my exit and just keep on going and start a new life in wherever the hell I run out of gas. Right? That kind of, that's a mental, mental frame I can put myself in. 
But I can't put myself in it. Well, I don't know about others, but for me, there's this tiredness. But I just don't know how to discuss it. And then she's correct. We need to figure out how to do it. But we've known we've been needing to figure out how to do it for a long time. Long time. And we still haven't figured out how to do it. Maybe there's one of those things that there's no good answer. You just have to keep trying. Keep showing the willingness to talk about it. That, you know, there are people who are willing to sit there and have a conversation about it. Won't judge you for it. Won't judge you for thinking it. Won't judge you because you tried it. Won't judge you for anything. Nothing but compassion and love. I'm not sure there's anything else we can do other than try to love your fellow human beings and be there for them when they need you and spread that message far and wide and make sure you know that includes when you're having thoughts of suicide. What else do we do? Nothing. Just try to be there. Doesn't feel like enough, though, does it? Well, <laughs> I'm not trained. I'm ill-equipped. Well, I know I know how to listen, though. I know how to listen. Well, we know how to listen, and we know how to get people into the resources. And, and I know to connect people to the resources. Connect, I was going to say, yeah. But you know, we know. I how know to when I'm in over my head. Yeah. So you know, I can. I'm decent at getting people to say, look, we can't handle this, but we can get you to people who can and convincing them to, to do that. But they have to reach to you first. That's the thing. And so they have to be comfortable somewhere down deep, which is odd. It means because for those of us who are open to that, we end up seeing it more often. Simply because we're more open to it. Yeah. The type of person you are. That's the type of person you are. Yeah, so you see it more often. So, anyway. So be kind. Be compassionate to the people around you. Keep your eyes open. Talk to your friends. Especially now. There's so many people dealing with emotional issues. And mental health issues that haven't had to deal with them before. I think we should all be careful about how we treat other people. Stop being kinder. You know, maybe start being kinder to yourself. Be a little nicer to yourself. Be a little nicer to the people around you. And maybe the world will become a nicer, a little bit nicer place. All right. Let's see what else we've got. Oh, that's the wrong one. All right. Do we want to do the helpful things at the second half of the break? We got six minutes. Or we can do the the five helpful things to let go. Nah, let's do this. We can always finish it for the other stuff. You wanted to do this one. Seven what actually helpful things to say to someone struggling with mental illness. Yes. We're going to start this? Yep. Okay. We'll get to, we'll do the first one, maybe two, and then we'll take the break and pick it back up. All right? Yes. So do you want to do it or do you want me? I'll start. Okay. Is there any, number one, is there anything to ask? These are questions to ask. Is there anything I can do to help? And I, you, I love when you ask me this because the, the writer brings something up. You're acknowledging it's a legitimate feeling. It's not, oh, she's just being wonky, you know. Well, sometimes maybe you are just being wonky, but it's still a feeling. It's <laughs> <laughs> You know, 
Maybe you know, it's just being wonky. To me, she's not feeling well. What, what the hell? It's like if someone's puking, you, you don't tell them, ah, oh, you're not really feeling sick. What the? <laughs> it's just that exhalate last night. It's fine. You don't tell them. No. <laughs> you ask, what can you do? I'm just saying, man. It's not actually all that one's not all that. Even though sometimes I don't know. Yeah, and it's okay to not know. And it's okay to say no, and it's okay to say yes. And if you know your partner well, it's okay to sometimes carefully overrule what they ask for. You know, sometimes they'll tell you, no, it's okay. Like, you'll ask me, I said, do you need me to hang out? No, it's fine. Yeah, I'm going to hang out anyway. (laughs) You know, I'm going to come hang out anyway. (laughs) I will. Well, why not? Why wouldn't I? You know, I don't, like, do anything major, but... Yeah. No, you don't. We just sit and smoke. Just sit. Watch some. Watch Red Green. <laughs> watch Red Green or sketch comedies or Cheech and Chong or who knows. Nothing, nothing heavy because I don't like watching violent movies. So that kind of limits our <laughs> limits our ability of what we're watching. What about Indiana Jones? You watch Indiana Jones. I don't. The first one's okay, but the, the rest of them. Oh, okay. I'm just, they're just I'm just they're just okay movies for me. That's all. Okay. I didn't know if those were okay. Yeah. Well, no, those are kind of lighthearted. Those are as much comedies as they are action adventure flicks. Those aren't really violent. That's what it is to me. That's what I think. They're not the gory violence that that you know most of the movies and the kind of senseless violence that a lot of stuff is today. You know, you don't mind people a good, a good, well-scripted fight scene without blood and gore is fine. It's just there's so much gratuitous violence and gratuitous gore these days. I just don't have it distracts from the thing from me. It's like, can we move on to something that actually tells me something? Because it's, it's a pure visual thing, and I don't. Yet the, the visuals are, don't impact me in the same way. It's that my memories, you know, that's a whole back. I don't see pictures, right? Remember the whole thing. I swear it goes back to that. Yeah. So when it's just a big visual art form, can someone, can we get back to something that matters? So, yeah, you killed him. That's fine. That's all I really need to know. He's dead. <laughs> I don't need to see his head roll down the street. It's, it's fine. You just, you just need to tell me Ooh. that just uh, he's dead. That's fine. You can tell me he's decapitated. That's fine. I, just, I don't need to know. I don't need to see all of it. Anyway, I'm rambling. All right. It is 1030. You needed a break tonight. So we're going to go take a five minute break and we will be back. <laughs> And we are back. Thank you for joining us. We'll take care of a little bit of business right here off the top. You can hear our previous podcast at anchor.fm slash late night love. You can visit us at late night love.us, even though the website needs an updating. You can always find me on Twitter at jazzrack, and you can send the lovingator over there an email at love at late night love.us. I think that's all the business we need to take care of this evening. So, where were we at? We were at number two. Do you want to talk? Asking, we are discussing seven actually helpful things to say to someone struggling with mental illness. Do you, number, we're on number two. Do you want to talk about it? This lets the person decide if they want to. It's empowering. 
Yeah. Well, of course you want to ask them. You just don't want to talk about something, make kind of force them to talk about it. And well, unless you're doing an intervention, so that's something different. That's a <laughs> that's a specialized field. That's a specialized occasion. That's not what we're discussing here. It's I just want to, but you know, that's what I mean. These things are so complicated. You can't just exclude that possibility that you know, there is that one exception. Where in an interview you actually have to do an intervention. Sorry, you're not giving that other person a choice. But again, that's an extreme option, and we're not discussing. That. Yeah. So, sorry, we're off of my tangent. I can't leave these things unsaid. It's not my fault. It's... Well, you're very thorough. I can't leave these little details because there is that one exception. These things are insanely complicated, and I don't want to be the person who's responsible for oversimplifying things. I want to make sure we cover as many bases as I can think of, anyway. Because, you know, I am limited myself. Okay. But, yes, you do want to make sure that they want to talk about it. They're ready. They're at that period of time. You know, the, they may want to just... No, I've been thinking about it. I just want to shut up and watch something where I don't have to think. I want to do something where I don't have to think. That may be where they're at at that particular day. That may be what they need right then. They may not want to talk about it. They may need to not talk about it. They may need to talk about anything else. <laughs> Sewing, you know? Family. I like to talk about family. Yeah, you know, but they may need to talk about something that's meaningless. That's why guys dig into sports because it's completely meaningless, but yet they can get all emotional about it. It's a way to deal with emotions without having to deal with their emotions. I can say we're smart. So that's what we do. <laughs> what? You didn't expect, like, brilliance out of us, did you? We're, we're brilliant in other ways. Okay, we can invent a phone system, but don't ask us to get in touch with our emotions easily. It's just... And it's not like it's our fault. It's like this has been a thousands upon thousands upon thousands of year conversation. You can go back to ancient Egypt and, and whatnot, and they're having the same issues. So it's not like it's anything new. It's under the sun, it's in our genes, it's evolutionary, it is what it is. That's true, they found letters. Yeah, it's the same. In Egypt, we've seen documentaries. Why do you, <laughs> why do you treat me thus? You know, yes. Yes, yeah, everybody. It's, you why? treat your donkey better than you treat me. Yeah, you treat your donkeys, you treat your, you know, you treat your friends better than you treat me. It's. It, how, why does he let his wife run around? How do you make good children? You know, all the, how do you make productive children? All the same questions. We that was the question for Delphi. Yeah, yeah, but it's all the same. It's all the same questions since the beginning of freaking time. We've always asked the same, it's the same questions, man. The only thing that's changed is what surrounds the questions. The questions are the same. How do we get through life as best we can? How do I get my children through their life the best they can? It's this fundamental question of life. There's no right answer. That's the problem. Also the beauty. It's individual. Yeah. And we went way off on that one. But yes, make sure you ask if they want to actually talk about it. They may want to not deal with it. I want you to know that I'm here for you. If or when you, you want to talk. And he goes to say, and I remember, he said he remembers people who said this to him. And I have too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, but I remember, what I remember is the people who didn't mean it, who said it, but didn't actually mean it. That's the ones I remember. If you say that, you damn well better mean it. Because if someone comes to you in a moment of crisis, they're putting in a lot of trust in you. 
So if you say that, you damn well better mean it. That's all I've got to say on that one. Well, I hope I've never mm -hmm. let you down. Have I complained? Never. Well, then we're fine. Okay. <laughs> there is evidence that I would say something, you know, in some form. I wouldn't like throw a hissy fit or something, but I would, you would know. Yeah, you would, yeah, you would say something. <laughs> we, yeah. would, we would have right. had the discussion okay, at some so point. Guys. Yeah, we would have covered it. it. These things don't go unsaid. Unless I know, well, there was a reason at that particular time, so there's no reason to say you're having your own thing. And there's, you know, on occasion, our things happen at the same time. And you, <laughs> 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 That's never a good day in our house when we're both having a bad day. Well, no, they're not bad. No, we know what to do, so they don't become know, bad Yeah, days. now we do, <laughs> but we didn't before. They've been some real business. But we know what to do, so they don't become bad days, and that's the point, is that, you know, on occasion, eh, we're on our own today. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, hey, I'm having this issue. And yeah, well, I'm having this issue. Oh, so we're on our own today. Yep. All right. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'll see you when we want to smoke. And that's about it. We'll keep checking in. See. Keep checking in. How you doing? Anything you need? Nope. Okay. See you in an hour for another joint. We'll see which one of us is better off when we need it. <laughs> that's it. And, but that freedom allows us to get through it much faster. Yes. Because there is no pushback, and we trust each other that if one of us ultimately needs the other one to step up, they would. Well, yes, yeah. I have. I have. You're. I've been. You've had phenomenally bad days, and I've had uh, not too long ago, and um, I was a little bit off, you know, but. We were just keeping the house mellow anyway, so it didn't matter. I could just, you know, keep to myself and uh, just soldier through, you know. Stick to the program. System works. It's not always pretty, but it works. <laughs> Get through the day. Get through the day. Tomorrow's a better one. Tomorrow's a better day. Yep, it always is. Yeah, I always like to say you have to go back a couple steps because you can't always get continually better all the time without going backwards every now and again. Because then you just, it's impossible. You try, you're reaching for stuff that's impossible. I hadn't thought of that. So you have to have bad days every now and again. You just have to. One, you appreciate the good days. You appreciate the good times a little bit more. But two, it's, it's literally impossible to continually to go up and up and up. What goes up must come down. You have to come down on occasion. Just to rest, reorient yourself and go. Well, the body can't sustain high endorphins all the time. Yeah. But that's what goes with anything in life. It's, you, know, you, you have to reevaluate every now and again. Reevaluate where you're at, where you're standing, what you're doing. It's better off if you do it consciously. You know, make yourself do it rather than do it when you're <laughs> in your mind forces mind or body forces you to. <laughs> yeah. And when your mind breaks or your body breaks and you're forced to reevaluate. Yeah. It's better off if you plan the reevaluation. Mm. Now, doesn't often work that way, but. <laughs> Because life ain't like that. <laughs> life ain't like that, is it? You can talk to me about anything. There's the number four. And again, you damn well. Yeah, oh, there he goes. But there's this rule has one word for you. Only if you mean it. There you go. You can talk to me about anything, but only if you mean it. Yeah, that goes back to the one before as well. Only if you mean it. And it's true. And sometimes people are going to tell you things and you have to understand that it's their interpretation of the world is not, you know, necessarily correct. And they're working through it. And you're part of that process and you have to honor that. 
that's what therapists are really paid for is they're paid to sit there and understand that you're going through someone who's working through things and that what they're actually telling you is not necessarily what they're really feeling. It's they're trying to figure it out and that's how they're interpreting it at the moment. But what's going to be in three months is going to be different as they refine it and understand it better and not overreacting to something because it's not real yet. That's why the doctor-patient privilege, confidentiality is so important. You've got to be able to have to work your way through things that aren't real. If you're dealing with mental health issues, a lot of what you're dealing with isn't real. I mean, it's real that you're dealing with it, but it's not an accurate interpretation of the world around you. And what you're dealing with is trying to figure out how to interpret the world more properly. More properly. <laughs> You're trying to get help and how do I stop making the same interpretation mistake? Or, or if the same interpretation, like for me, I essentially ignore my first interpretation of things. Don't completely ignore it. And then I wait for the second one. And because the second one's going to be more accurate. The first one's going to be laden with, you know, the anxiety instinct. Fight or flight. It's going to be tainted. I have to get past that and then see it again. <laughs> to get a better reflection. But I've learned how to do that. I had to learn to do that. It's not like I could just, just snap my fingers. It took years. But I'm still not always good at it. You get me on a bad day. And it takes a lot of effort. Good day, you don't even think about it. You just kind of does it automatically. But on a bad day, it takes a lot of effort. It's like the beginning when you have to do it, train yourself to do it. You literally have to consciously interpret everything you do twice. I did, anyway. Again. That's how I went through it. I don't know. Other people are different. Well, you never know. Yeah. You have the calm demeanor. You take a moment, but I know you're just. I figure you're just thinking about it. Well, I. You're, I run, am. you're running. You're running through your processes. It takes you a second. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm letting the first thing go. Essentially, you don't completely ignore it because there's value in the fight or flight, right? There's value in that. I've learned there's value in paying attention to at least have, being aware of that because it notices things that you don't notice, that the other parts of you don't notice. And so there's value in paying some attention to it. It's just the trick is knowing how much attention to what. <laughs> and for people with, out there with anxiety disorders, You'll know exactly, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And people who don't are going, what the hell is this guy babbling on about? It's just because it's, we interpret the world that differently. But, yeah. And I think we've strayed way off topic. Even though not really. I have no idea what you're going through, but I do what it's like to need a friend. That's actually a good, response I may phrase it you know you might want to phrase the ending of that individually to suit yourself but because that's a little dry but no one talks like that that's all I'm saying <laughs> but it'll come out naturally when you're saying it. it'll come out naturally awkward when you're saying it. it'll be fine I just want to understand when you, if you're talking to people like this, it's going to feel very awkward. It's going to feel awkward. Yes. And that's perfectly normal. Don't let that awkwardness stop you from doing it. I just want to be clear. It's, you're going to feel very awkward. There's no way around it. It just is awkward and we all have to accept it. We all just have to accept that these are awkward. It's, one, it's one of the things we have to go through to norm before we can normalize it. Yeah. And offering to be the person who 
Maybe you're the person who they don't have to talk about it with. You know, maybe you're the person who on Wednesday nights to go bowling with and they don't have to talk about it. You're, you, maybe you're the escape. You never know. You know, and if that's your role, then that's your role. Honor it. Because, you know, someday someone may do it for you. Or someone you care about. Or, more likely, someone is doing it for someone you care about right now and you don't know. I had somebody who I wasn't in my right mind and they would sit and play Yahtzee with me. It was the only thing I could understand. Numbers were solid. You can't argue with numbers. So he'd sit there and he'd play Yahtzee with me. That's a good one. Just, you know, whatever can... Take me to AA meetings. Yeah. Someone right now may be helping somebody that you care about and nobody knows because it's nobody else's business. Someday you may be able to repay the favor to somebody else. If you're able. I try. And this is one other thing. If you're able, don't hurt yourself trying to do this. Don't hurt yourself trying to help somebody else. It's not how you make the world a better place. Find somebody that can help them. You know, if, if your role is, look, I can't play this role, but I can find you somebody who can. I can help connect you with people and, and things who can help you. Then that's what you do. Don't try to play a role. Don't try to be a hero if you're not. And that's how you can be a hero. Okay. How can I be praying? For those of you... Unless you don't hold a belief in God. I get it. For those who are God, for people who believe in the power of prayer. That can be a very powerful statement. Yes. How do you want me to pray for you? That can be a very powerful question. Well, it also gives them control. If you pray, and you're someone who prays for people on a regular basis, why wouldn't you? Say, hey, I'm willing to spend some of my time, some of my conversation with God for you. How do you want me to do it? How would you like me to do it? I can get it. I don't have the belief in God, so I don't, that, that faith thing, but I understand why people do. And so I can understand that it gives, I can understand that I could be very, one, you're, you're sacrificing some of your time, some of your conversation with God for, for the love of God. <laughs> I'm willing to spend some of the precious time I have with God for you. That is very powerful. It just is. It's a very powerful, especially if you're someone, if both of one or both of you have a strong faith. And, you know, the power of faith, the power of belief, the power of hope when dealing with mental illness is very strong. So, whether you believe in God or not, the power of hope. Okay, I'm sorry. Sometimes what we said comes out wrong. Only <laughs> Sometimes it's better to get things wrong and apologize than never say anything. People will forgive mistakes made in love. This is very true. Yes, if if your intent was good and you're just clumsy, and you go, oh, I'm sorry, I do, I'm trying the best I can. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to. Yeah. Intent matters. You know, I always try to do that when people are clumsy. I always say, well, were they trying to be hurtful or were they trying to be... In, where they try the best they can and they just, you know, are clumsy, inarticulate. You don't know what, you don't know how to, whatever thing it is. Try to take it for how it was meant to be given. Yes. Not how I interpret it. A little of that compassion you want, pass it on. It's always my feeling on that. 
you know, I want some compassion, you know, for when I am misinterpreted in the world. So why wouldn't I give that same compassion back? Kind of obligated, aren't I? Aren't I? Yes. Anyway, I don't know. All right, so what do we got? We've got 10 minutes left. Five ways to get let go of the past and move forward. To live a happy and fulfilling life, it is important to learn how to let go of past failures and disappointments and not carry them with you into the future. Hang out of pain, bitterness, and disappointment is a heavy burden. And yeah, yeah. Because. Affects your mood, attitude, relationships. Job and all. Well, yeah, because carrying that stuff around only hurts you. No one else cares. Okay, the first thing is to talk about it. Unless you really talk about feelings connected to your past, you may not be able to move past them. Once you've spoken the words, you're beginning to release them from your mind and heart. Well, that's why talk therapy is actually so... Powerful. It is powerful. I was going to use that word. That's why talk therapy is so powerful. It lets you get something that's only in your head, that's only existed in your head, and make it real with somebody else. It's not like you just talking to the wall. You're talking to an actual, another knowledgeable person who can help you interpret it. But once you can make it real, once you can talk about it, and you can work through it, and all its warts and misinterpretations and, and negative emotions and trauma and all. And you can start working through it. But you can't start working through it until you can make it real. I mean, something uh, somebody else can hold on to as well. And that's why it's, again, you go back to you have a counselor or a therapist. Because it's important that you can make it real. Safely, where someone who's not going to use it as a weapon against you, you know, like you fear with in a relationship, you know, it's going to come back to bite you if you tell somebody they're going to be rejected. You have that fear of being rejected, even if nothing else. If you tell some people these dirty, dark secrets that you've been dealing with for a long time, whatever they are. If someone finds out they're going to reject you, but your counselor is not going to reject you because they want your paycheck. <laughs> they want your check. Well, why they don't go into counseling to judge people. No. You know, that's not what they do. No, 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 but they're paid. They're literally paid to not reject you. Now, they might go, you know, your case may need someone who has a better specialty. They're not rejecting you. They're referring you on to someone who's better suited to help you. That's a difference. But that's actually a hard thing to, to cope with sometimes because you find someone you, you tried to trust and then they pass you off. And, and to realize that they're not actually passing you off. They're doing their best to help you. Yes. But if you're dealing with mental health issues, you're not going to interpret it that way. Now, if they're halfway decent, they can help you deal with it that way. But... Still, it's it's that's a type of rejection if you have a mental health issue. It just is. Okay, so what's that? Number two is use a journal. Physically writing your thoughts and feelings can release emotions, can even move past them. Um, yeah, I've journaled off and on. It can be pretty powerful, but... Um, well, I think if you don't have a counselor, maybe having it using a journal is maybe a, a good idea. If you don't have a counselor, if you can't afford one, because it, it can help make it real, you can help you work through it. it may, but that's a good suggestion. It's it's a tool. Maybe it's one of your tools. It's not one of these things. It's not everybody's tool. Like I never journal. I noticed uh, when I journaled, I noticed I had a pattern of my mood. You, that's what journaling is good for. You can look back and see patterns. 
I've never journaled once, so I don't know. But writing's not my thing. It, it, my writing process is agonizingly slow, so journaling wouldn't be my. <laughs> I can't do the sit down and just free write thing. I I've tried a hundred times, and I just can't do it. Just when you free write and you sit down there and you just write whatever pops into your head, literally nothing will pop into my head. <laughs> well, sometimes my journaling was just, you know, good day. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what they say. Well, then just write whatever. You don't have anything to write. I don't have anything to write. And that's what you write down, right? That's kind of the free writing. Just... But that's what your whole journal would be. <laughs> I don't have anything to write. Write what comes to your mind. Nothing has come to my mind. That's what it would be. It's, my mind is blank. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it, there's something about when I sit down to actually write. I can sit down and talk and do a podcast and all that and yammer on and go on tangents for hours on end. And, and yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I sit down and write all this stuff. You're dead. Yeah, it wouldn't happen, <laughs> which is hilarious. All right, what's what we got next? Seek professional guidance. Well, that's, that's, uh, we've been talking about that. And we want to stress that that's actually easier now than it's ever been in history of humanity. One, there's more of it. There's apps for that. You got telemedicine. Um, more and more communities are, are being better at getting community resources, charities, churches. They're actually becoming more and more focused on dealing with mental health issues we're still not very good at talking about it but you know what it starts somewhere there's trying i will criticize a lot but i'm not going to criticize the effort for trying more and more people are trying and that's a good thing yes so the resources are out there the number of ways people do it are out there you can do it all from your phone now you don't even have to you can do tell it you can do telecounseling from your phone if you don't want to go to somebody's office, if you're uncomfortable, you know? Yes. If you're a younger person and you're used to doing all this stuff on your phone or apps, and there's there's an app for that. <laughs> there's many apps for that. There's an app for that. All right, so what's next? Well, I skipped one. It says, seek forgiveness. Forgiveness releases you from the burden of carrying the pain any longer. By choosing to forgive, you can stop thinking about the past so it won't control your future. Now, um, forgiveness is a, that just, that comes with time and I'm still waiting to forgive, for forgiveness to come with some individuals from my past, but and, and I, I, you know, I just try every day. You know, I just have faith it's going to get there. Well, forgiveness isn't for them. I know. But, yeah, it doesn't make it any easier to to, to do. So I'm, that's an easy Hell, statement. some of them are dead. <laughs> <laughs> forgiveness is so you don't have to carry the burden. Uh, but it doesn't make it any easier to actually do because emotions are real. Yes. You might not be able to hold them, and you might be difficult to express. And in a sense, sometimes you can't deal with them until you can express them, which is an, can be an ugly process. But, you know, they are real. They affect you as much as the rain, and the snow, and the cold, and the heat. The lack of food, the overabundance of food, you yeah. know. Emotions are like anything else. They feed you. They can make you better. They can make a bad day turn good. They can make a good day turn bad. At the drop of a hat. But it also just makes us human. You know, that ebb and flow of emotions, it's what love's created out of. The dips and the highs. You can't have one without the other. You can't have an emotional high. You can't have success without failures. 
because you don't know what they are. What we can try to do is love ourselves and love those around us more and more often. And with that, we want to wish you a good night. Please remember, for me and Lovey, to love everybody. Good night.